Welcome to Furniture Industry News, your go-to source for staying up to date on all the latest happenings in the furniture industry. Brought to you by FurniturePodcast.com, we'll bring you the latest news and insights so you can stay in the know on everything that's shaping the world of furniture. In today's episode, we'll cover Mattress Firm's Q3 financial results and pending acquisition, Wayfair's Q2 performance with a decrease in net revenue and increase in orders delivered, Temper Sealy's successful sales growth driven by its multi-channel strategy and global presence, the call for furniture industry compliance with the new sturdy stability standard, and the recent rise in spot container rates, followed by Drury's predictions for stability in the coming weeks and a significant decrease in 2024. The largest sleep retailer in the industry, Mattress Firm, has reported a net income of $18.8 million for the third quarter ending on June 27th. This represents a 6% decrease from the net sales of $1.05 billion recorded in the same quarter last year. In anticipation of its acquisition by Temper Sealy International, which is expected to take place next year, Mattress Firm will now begin reporting selected quarterly and annual financial information. For the nine-month period ending on June 27th, the retailer reported a net income of $70.5 million. Currently, Mattress Firm operates a total of 2,326 stores. In the past, Mattress Firm's financial results were released alongside Steinhoff International's financial reporting. However, with the pending acquisition by Temper Sealy, Mattress Firm will soon become a wholly owned subsidiary of Temper Sealy. Temper Sealy also announced its earnings for this morning. The acquisition of Mattress Firm was announced in May as a $4 billion deal, with the closure of the transaction expected in 2024. It's worth noting that Mattress Firm's fiscal year will end on October 3rd and will consist of 53 weeks. In the second quarter of 2023, Wayfair announced its financial results, revealing a decline in total net revenue by $113 million to $3.2 billion, which represents a year-over-year decrease of minus 3.4%. The international net revenue was hit even harder, down by 20.9% year-over-year to $386 million. Despite a gross profit of $985 million, equivalent to 31.1% of total net revenue, Wayfair experienced a net loss of $46 million. However, the company did achieve positive adjusted EBITDA of $128 million, as well as positive free cash flow. Niraj Shah, Wayfair's CEO, co-founder, and co-chairman, expressed satisfaction with the company's progress towards sustainable and growing profitability. He highlighted the successful execution of their plan, which focused on reducing costs, reinforcing foundational practices, and fostering customer and supplier loyalty. This strategy has led to improved performance and significant milestones achieved. Shaw emphasized the positive adjusted EBITDA and free cash flow reported. Despite a year-over-year decline of minus 7.6% in active customer numbers, Wayfair observed an increase of plus 3% in delivered orders. The average order value in the second quarter decreased to $307 from $330 in the same quarter of 2022. 
Looking ahead, Wayfair aims to continue running a profitable business while investing in initiatives for future growth. The company recognizes the advantages gained from its scale while maintaining an ambitious and entrepreneurial spirit and intends to capitalize on this position. Temper Sealy International recently announced their second quarter results for 2023, revealing some noteworthy trends. The company experienced a 4.8% increase in net sales, reaching $1.27 billion, which is a testament to the strong demand for Temper Sealy's products in an unpredictable market. The success can be attributed to their well-performing brands, including Temper, Sealy, and Stearns and Foster, while net income rose by 2%, amounting to $92.4 million. Adjusted net income saw a slight dip of 1.2%. This indicates a delicate balance between operational efficiency and increased expenditures, influenced by volatile market conditions and unforeseen challenges like the security incident being investigated since July 23rd. In the half-year results, net sales increased by 1.1%, yet net income declined by 19.7%. This drop can be attributed to increased operating expenses and external factors, including the security incident mentioned earlier. Under the leadership of Chairman and CEO Scott Thompson, Temper Sealy has been able to capitalize on its robust business model and achieve solid earnings and operating cash flows, even in challenging market conditions. Thompson's optimism for the future, powered by Temper Sealy's market outperformance, positions the company well for the upcoming quarters. Regionally, North America witnessed a 5.4% increase in net sales, driven by successful new product launches, while international sales saw a 2.7% increase. This reflects the importance of constant innovation in line with consumer trends. Additionally, both wholesale and direct sales channels experienced growth, highlighting the effectiveness of Temper Sealy's multi-channel approach. The ongoing acquisition of Mattress Firm presents exciting opportunities for Temper Sealy, despite the Federal Trade Commission's second request. Temper Sealy remains hopeful for the acquisition's closure in 2024, which will enhance their market presence and combine strengths with Mattress Firm. In summary, Temper Sealy's Q2 report demonstrates resilience in the face of challenges. With a multi-channel sales strategy, ongoing innovation, and an expanding global presence, Temper Sealy is strengthening its position in the furniture industry. This performance underscores the importance of flexibility, innovation, and diversification in retail channel strategies. Various consumer groups and parent advocates have written an open letter to the furniture industry urging companies to comply with the new sturdy furniture stability standard that will go into effect in a month. The letter was penned by prominent organizations such as Consumer Reports, Parents Against Tipovers, Consumer Federation of America, and Kids in Danger. One of the reasons for the letter is the concern over the number of fatalities caused by unstable dressers and the fines imposed for noncompliance. The authors of the letter expressed their goal to remove dangerous dressers from the market and prevent tip-over accidents. With the new mandatory standard, 16 CFR 1261, set to be implemented on September 1st, the letter aims to emphasize the importance of compliance to the entire furniture chain. During a webinar held in July, confusion arose among furniture companies regarding the original CPSC rule and the ASTMF 2057-23 standard.
The authors of the letter hope to resolve this confusion and ensure that everyone is aligned with the new rule, which was developed through consensus. The American Home Furnishings Alliance also acknowledged the confusion and revealed that some companies may not be adequately prepared for the September 1st effective date. They have been providing resources to help companies comply with the new standard and will further address any concerns at their annual regulatory summit. The new Federal Furniture Stability Standard, scheduled to go into effect on September 1st, is based on the updated ASTM F-2057-23 Voluntary Standard. This standard includes three stability tests that simulate a child weighing up to 60 pounds interacting with a clothing storage unit. The tests assess the CSU's ability to resist tipping over under different conditions, including simulated clothing load, horizontal force, and reaction on carpet with child weight. Overall, the open letter and efforts from the American Home Furnishings Alliance aim to promote compliance with the new Sturdy Act and prevent child injuries caused by furniture tip-overs. Spot container rates have continued to rise for the fourth consecutive week, increasing by an average of 11.8% to reach $1,761 per 40-foot container. Drury's World Container Index tracking indicator reveals that spot rates from Shanghai to Los Angeles saw an 11% increase this week, reaching $2,322. The rates had previously risen by 6%, 10%, and 9.2% in the preceding weeks, resulting in a 36% increase over the past four weeks. Similar to the Los Angeles route, spot rates from Shanghai to New York also experienced weekly gains. These rates rose by 9% this week, amounting to $3,330 per 40-foot container. Over the past four weeks, rates on this route have gone up by 26%. Although the current rates remain significantly lower compared to the same week last year, with a decrease of 73.4%, they are still 24% higher than the pre-pandemic average of $1,420 in 2019. However, they have decreased by 83% from the peak of $10,377 observed in September 2021. This decline comes after a period of steady rate decreases. Looking ahead, Drury anticipates that east-west spot rates will remain stable in the coming weeks. However, in the long term, the organization expects a decline of one-third in combined spot and contract rates by 2024. Factors contributing to this projection include weak demand, overcapacity, and the practice of predatory pricing by some carriers. Simon Heaney, Drury's Senior Manager of Container Research, attributes these expectations to these particular market conditions. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I'll see you guys at the next one, and don't forget to subscribe.